0: Welcome to the Ceres Global Ag 2021 First Quarter Earnings Call for the three-month period ended September 30, 2020. At this time, our participants are in a listen-only mode. Following the presentation, we will conduct a question-and-answer session. Instructions will be provided at that time for you to queue up for questions. If anyone has any difficulties hearing the conference, you may press star zero for operator assistance at any time. I would like to remind everyone that today's discussion may contain forward-looking statements that reflect current views with respect to future events. Any such statements are subject to risk and uncertainties that could cause actual results to differ materially from those projected in the forward-looking statements. For more information on series risk and uncertainties related to these forward-looking statements, please refer to the company's management discussion and analysis which is available on CEDAR and on the company's website. I will now like to turn the call over to Robert Day, CEO of Ceres Global Ag. Please go ahead, Mr. Day.
1: Thank you, Operator. Good morning, everyone, and thank you for joining us today. With me is our CFO, Jay Byerly. Market conditions during the first quarter were more challenging than normal due to low inventories of some of our core products and high-priced U.S. rail freight caused by strong soybean demand from China which negatively impacted U.S. wheat and Durham export competitiveness. Despite that, efforts over the past several years to develop strong customer relationships and diversify into new revenue-generating opportunities made it possible to offset a significant portion of the negative macro environment and still generate positive income from operations and EBITDA for the quarter. I will provide some commentary about the performance as it relates to our three business segments, grain merchandising, supply chain services, and seed and processing, And after Jay presents his financial recap, I will provide more information about our outlook for the rest of the fiscal year and some of our growth initiatives. In the grain merchandising segment of the business, total volume handled was over 6 million bushels more than the same quarter a year ago, and all product lines except Durham generated roughly the same or more gross margins. Despite limited export activity, the wheat and oat product lines performed well through increased sales to U.S. milling customers and solid trading and positioning. Canola, organics, and freight also perform well, increasing gross margins from a year ago by merchandising more volume or taking advantage of rising prices. Meanwhile, the Durham product line was significantly limited when compared to its exceptionally strong contribution in the first quarter of last year. Overall gross margins were positive for the quarter. However, Ceres was unable to take advantage of strong global demand as U.S. exports were uncompetitive compared to Canada. In the supply chain services segment, Industrial products performed well, underpinned by oriented strand board and lumber, as new home construction in the U.S. market was strong. Fertilizer also performed well, supported by strong demand for phosphates and urea in western Canada. Meanwhile, liquid natural gas, NGL, volumes were down due to low crude oil prices and a decrease in production of NGLs overall. The seed and processing segment performed slightly better than the same quarter a year ago, Regarding soybean crush, while processing margins were lower than last year and soybean quality was somewhat challenging, timely purchases and sales and running the plant at full capacity made up for those challenges. Specialty crop blending, The specialty crop blending business, which makes bird feed, perform better than expected due in part to increased demand for bird feed and apparent change in behavior brought on by COVID-19 and people staying at home. Last, the seed business is seasonal, and doesn't generate gross margins in the July through September period. While we are facing some headwinds that we didn't experience last year, we are optimistic about what the full year will present in terms of opportunities, and we continue to make solid progress on our growth initiatives, both of which I will speak about later in the call. But for now, I will turn the call over to Jay, who will speak
2: about our financial numbers in more detail. Thank you, Bob, and good morning, everyone. Although we had good gross margins across all of our commodity and business lines, the opportunities in the market this year were lower than a year ago, and this was a primary driver for first quarter loss of 936000 that we reported this morning, compared to net income of $1.8 million for the same period a year ago. Our revenues for the quarter were $172 million, representing a 35% increase over Q1 of last year. This growth in revenue was a result of 28 million bushels handled in the quarter, which was 28% more than a year ago. The growth was attributable to a good harvest in terms of of yields and weather, along with the full quarter of Delmar and the addition of our Nicklin facility, which closed and we began to operate in September. Gross profits were 3.8 million for the quarter, down from 6.7 million in Q1 of last year. The biggest driver of the decrease was the lower contributions from our grain segment, which posted gross profits of $3.3 million for the quarter compared to $6.1 million for the same time last year. Although revenues and bushels handled were higher than a year ago, margin opportunities to carry Durham Durham were limited in the quarter, and as a result, our inventory levels and returns were lower. In addition, the tight freight markets, as Bob described, from the China demand for soybeans reduced our competitiveness of our core commodity export programs, and pressured margins on our flows in the U.S. milling markets. Gross profits from our seed and processing segment were $571,000 for the quarter, up from $471,000 in Q1 of last year. This year we had a full three months of contributions from Delmar compared to two in quarter one of last year, but this increase was partially offset by the slightly lower margins as we processed lower quality seed from the previous harvest. Current year, harvest and quality are improved, and we expect margins to strengthen going forward. Our supply chain services generated gross profits of $13,000, which was down from $141,000 in the comparable quarter, as our gateway energy terminal, JV, has been impacted by global energy markets that remain subdued. Fertilizer and industrial services were both in line with the same time a year ago. General and admin expenses of $3.8 million were slightly higher than the $3.7 million in Q1 of last year, Inflation and labor and the additional month of operating Delmar was partially offset by lower exposures on bad debts and less travel compared to the prior year. Interest expense for the quarter totaled 1 million and was lower than the 1.4 million in the prior year. This decrease was driven by lower inventories carried in the quarter compared to the prior year, along with lower library rates that remained subdued during the COVID-19 pandemic and a related weakness in global markets. Our term debt was $29.8 million and relatively unchanged during the quarter. Our $5 million term debt installment due this month was paid early this past February. Our next $5 million payment is not due until November next year. Our revolving bank indebtedness at quarter end was $57.8 million and higher than our debt at year end June 30th of $31.7 million. This increase was primarily related to normal and seasonal harvest increases in working capital along with seven million in company purchases of property, plants, and equipment that included our Nicklin facility purchase in the quarter. At the end of the first quarter, we had 37.7 million available on a revolving credit line, which gives us both liquidity and flexibility as we look look for opportunities to profitably invest in working capital and growth opportunities that may arise. Income tax expense for the quarter was a benefit of $115,000 as we continue to benefit from approximately 25 million in deferred tax assets that are fully reserved and not recognized on our balance sheet. Overall, we had a soft start to the year due to the competitive events in the market, but the core fundamentals of our business remain strong and we are well positioned to capitalize going forward. This concludes my review of the financials. I'll now turn it back over to Bob for his closing remarks.
1: Thank you, Jay. While market conditions resulted in a slower start than normal in the first quarter, we do not believe this will be the case for the entire year. The grain business will continue to be affected in the near term by high-priced rail freight. However, we expect that to change from March forward when China pivots to South America for its soybean and corn needs. This could open the door for the U.S. to export wheat and durum in the spring and after Canada has exported much of its surpluses. In addition, we expect to continue to benefit by added volumes brought on in part by recent acquisitions such as Delmar, Nicklin Siding, and eventually an origination joint venture in the US that we will be announcing soon. Supply chain services are expected to perform similar to what we saw in the first quarter. Oriented strand board and lumber demand is strong and we're expecting modest growth as we have added a key customer recently. We expect fertilizer demand to remain consistent and NGL volumes are expected to remain lower than normal until Brent and WTI prices increase to $50 a barrel or higher. The seed and processing business is expected to improve from what we saw in the first quarter. Soybean crush margins have already improved, and as we crush new crop soybeans, yields are improving as well. Specialty crop blending, bird feed, is expected to see strong demand through the year, and the seed business will generate gross margins in the fourth quarter when we invoice customers. Overall, we expect the 2021 fiscal year to be more challenging overall. However, with better talent and more ways to generate gross margins than before, we are optimistic about the year as a whole. Meanwhile, we remain committed to our growth. The acquisition of the Nicklin Siding Elevator in northern Saskatchewan has generated meaningful gross margins already. And as I mentioned a moment ago, very soon we will make an announcement about an origination joint venture in the U.S., that will provide critical spring spring wheat origination. Meanwhile, we have a full pipeline of projects and we are working on arranging funding to be able to pursue those opportunities. To learn more about our results, strategy, and growth plans, please join us for the Annual General Meeting of Shareholders at 11 a.m. Eastern Time today. Due to COVID-19, the meeting will be held virtually and details about how to attend have been sent via press release and they are posted on our website at seriesglobalagcorp.com. Thank you all for listening. I'd like to now open the call to questions.
0: At this time, if you would like to ask a question, please press star to the number one
1: on your telephone keypad. We'll pause for just a moment to compile the Q&A roster. Again, for any questions, please press star then the number one.
0: And your first question comes from Robert Tuttercell, um individual investor.
3: Good morning, gentlemen. I have uh, two questions. Um, one relates to an event after the end of the quarter. I think it was October the third, um, when the standstill agreement with uh, the major shareholder was um, essentially um, terminated. Um, you already have two shareholders that represent 67% of the shares outstanding. So that doesn't leave much of a float to begin with. Um what's the context that made this desirable from the company's viewpoint?
1: Yeah, thanks for the question, Robert. I think um this is going to be addressed at the uh at the annual general meeting in, in uh just a couple hours from now. Um our chairman is going to speak on on this issue. Um I think, you know, the board what I'll say about it now is that the board uh the, this standstill agreement was due to expire in March anyway, and uh, you know given the uh just the the limited amount of trade happening, the board just didn't see a value in continuing to uh enforce the standstill agreement you know and it saw this if if our largest shareholder wants to buy shares it's an opportunity to uh, you know buy up uh, uh, those who want to sell so it was uh i think that you know there'll be more to say about this issue in in a couple hours um if uh and and that's probably you know more detail will be then
3: okay i appreciate that that was more appropriate for the annual meeting and the only reason i brought it up was that i will not be able to attend the virtual annual meeting at 11 my second follow up question um i guess also might be more normally addressed at the annual meeting but it's a bigger picture question. Um, Your stock trades at a big discount to book value, and as a value investor, that's normally attractive. But then I look back last year, which was reasonably profitable, 4 million bottom line, but shareholders' equity is 144 million, so the return on equity is low, low single digits. And again, I look at the first quarter, EBITDA margin. EBITDA margin is less than 1% of total revenues. So i'm beginning to ask myself maybe this is just an intrinsically low profitability industry Uh, maybe a discount to book value is in fact normal and acceptable um i'm not asking for an earnings per share forecast but based on your experience throughout other participants in this kind of industry what kind of return on equity is achievable
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. And and again, I think we are going to go over this in the AGM. And I I would recommend, um, you know, following up with us after and and be happy to go through our presentation with you um, so that, you know, you have an opportunity to get these answers. But generally, what I would say is, you know, we don't see below book value as an an appropriate value for the company. Um, I think what, you know, what I would encourage shareholders to look at is the trend going back from the last five years until today and 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 in the AGM presentation, we'll have an updated, uh, you know, updated information that you can see. Um, You know, five years ago, Ceres really didn't have much of a strategy. Um, We had a a group of assets and uh, and plenty of opportunity, but some things we had to get rid of, some balance sheet items that were legacy items we had to address, um, and and negative EBITDA as a company. And so I think, you know, our results today, the way to look at that in my view is, in, in you know relative to where we came from, and look at the trajectory, and then ultimately where we're going. Um, I don't think you know. I think you know book value or higher than book value is 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 appropriate for the industry overall, and that's certainly the direction that you know we think we can take this company. Um, you know, in in changing the uh, where we are as a company and as a business, we are dealing with um, you know large volume products, big big facilities competing in a, in a big market. And so kind of writing the ship, it it, it does take a bit of time and it requires capital. And, and so as we've been investing the capital that we have available, it takes a little bit of time for that capital to go to work, but we're really starting to see that happen. Um, and even with the results in the first quarter, um, like I said, I think, you know, there is cyclicality in this industry and we're not discouraged by what we're seeing. We, we do, however, have some work to do in terms of rounding out our asset base so that we can fully capitalize on opportunities in our core product lines. And that's something that we're working on.
3: Okay, thank you very much. And I appreciate the, the preview of the annual meeting and I will follow up on that presentation after the meeting. Thanks again.
2: Thank you.
0: Again, for any questions, please
1: press star then the number one. And at this time, there are no further questions. Okay, thank you. Um, Thanks, everyone, for attending today. And I look forward to speaking with you all in, in a couple hours at the annual general meeting.
0: That concludes today's conference. Thank you for your participation. You may now disconnect. Thank you for listening to TSX Quarterly. If you enjoyed the cast, remember to leave a good rating. And remember, for any additional inquiries, please consult the company's investor relations section on their website. See you next time.
3: What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas?